My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Welcome to Walker Retail Ranger. What's up, everybody? I'm Walker, also known as Retail Ranger. This podcast is about my personal and professional experiences from working in the retail industry for over 35 years. Each week, we'll discuss a different topic about life as a retail ranger. We hope you enjoy listening. Let's do this. Now it's time for Walker Retail Ranger. Attention shoppers, we have a cleanup on aisle 13. Cleanup on aisle 13. Thank you. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to uh, the Walker Retail Rancher podcast. Uh, it's episode 18. It's April 3rd, 2022. And I do have a quick cleanup. Uh, apparently, I mispronounced paella. It's actually paella. And I said it wrong. So, Noel. Noel. There's two L's in it, which I guess threw me for the loop. And huh. Hey, wait. You, you don't sound like Liz. But I am. <gasps> Your beard is magnificent, Liz. It's the GMOs. Oh, GMOs. As you can tell, uh, my beautiful bride is downstairs cooking a Boston butt with apple juice, which I thought was pretty cool. She had, had me open up a gallon of apple juice. All so right. with me today is uh, Keith B. Uh, he actually is a retail ranger. He works with me. Um, he got to run the store while I was on vacation this week, and I'm sure he's excited that... Uh, your vacation's over? Yes, yes, yeah, that's Super it. excited. So, uh, Keith B., he is a professor. Also, he studied um, bioengineering in Central Virginia at the uh, Bioengineering School, which is uh, a bunch of malarkey. He yes, did not do any of that. absolute malarkey. He's a, he's a full-blown retail ranger, and he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. I know in my conversations with him, I get kind of excited when he talks about all the places he's lived. Where have you lived, Keith? Uh, Germany, France, Miami. All right. Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. All right. Uh, and then Powhatan for the last 16 years. Powhatan, Virginia. That yes. is the, the melting pot of... The Great Fish County of Virginia. Uh, are we a Great Fish County? Oh, we look like a fish on a map. Oh, it does look like a fish. Oh my. Kind of like an arrowhead. Fish. Wow. Yeah, I just... When you said that, it kind of reminds me when I look at it, it reminds me of an arrowhead too. Kind of, yeah. Chief Powhatan, Pocahontas's dad. Right? Why not? Sure. I like the fish one better. We do sell live bait at our grocery store. I'm just saying. Um, so, how long have you been in retail, Keith? Uh, probably since... Oof, are we dating ourselves? A long time. Okay, good, good. What, what was your first gig? A uh, pet store. Okay. A pet store, and it was amazing. All right. I mean, just interacting with people that wanted to shop there. I mean, yeah. they were there for... And not necessities, but stuff that enriched their lives. Ooh. So it was neat setting people up with a fish tank, okay. the first reptile, birds, toys, yeah, you name it. That's awesome. I had a uh, I had an aquatic turtle tank that I got from an independent like pet store, and that was that was quite an experience. It, it's a special breed of people that work there and shop there. Absolutely, so that is pretty cool. How long have you been in grocery retail? Ten years. Ten. Eleven years. All right. Uh, before that, I think you worked at a big box sporting goods joint. Yes, and that was a lot of fun as well. All right. I mean, once again, you're not selling anything that's a necessity. They were all 
It was all stuff to enhance your life. And now? You know, hunting, fishing, okay. uh, baseball, football, golf, the whole nine yards. And now you're in the business where everybody's got to eat. Yes, bacon and beans. Bacon and beans with the occasional French bread. Yes. So, uh, tradition on the show is we cover some holidays of the day. Today's April 3rd. Are you interested? I am so interested. All right. It's American Circus Day. How'd that pan out? Not good. Not no. good at all. I think that is, that's done. This is probably last year. That it, my it kids will never go to a circus. Yeah, I, I've been to the circus a couple times when I was a kid. It was a, it was quite the experience seeing an elephant up close, like, and the smells and the, the sights, the sounds, everything, except clowns. <laughs> Still not a fan of clowns. I can pass on yeah. those. Uh, it's uh, also Armenian Appreciation Day, so uh, we want to appreciate all the Armenians out there listening today. Fantastic. Thank you for that. It's uh, Find a Rainbow Day. Uh, it's not a cloud in the sky, perfectly sunny, so we're not going to find one today. Well, at least not here. Not here. I'm sure somewhere. May you find a rainbow. Fish Fingers and Custard Day. Dramatic pause. Uh, I had to Google that one because it, it threw me for a loop. It's apparently a reference to a Doctor Who episode over across the pond in the UK. We're going to have to watch that. <clears throat> yeah. I, I didn't read too much into it because I had a couple other things going on. But uh, it's also Geologist Day, which I will kind of run off on that real quick. Uh, we spent some time in Hidden Night, North Carolina at the Emerald Hollow Mine. What an amazing experience. Uh, we... We spent one day like digging in dirt for, I think we spent about four hours doing that. And that was exciting. Didn't find a thing, a couple cool rocks, but it was a incredible way to unplug. Oh, absolutely. It's just Un- two of you. Yeah. Yeah. It was just chilling. And there was a couple people around there and they had it kind of roped off where you could go and you couldn't go, but you pretty much had free reign. But there were some amazing digs where people had been digging for, it had to have been eternities. I mean, one of them, I think they said was 80 foot deep. That somebody, some dude had dug. What's the liability insurance on that? Well, you know what's funny? I don't remember signing anything. (laughs) Um, And and there was like this like chintzy red fence. I'm sorry, like a plastic chain link thing that you couldn't go past, but you could duck under. But if you did, you could plummet to your death into the river. All right. So I guess it was an, maybe there was enter at your own risk stuff anywhere, uh, everywhere, but I, I didn't really see it. But speaking of liability, one of the holes that we saw that somebody had been working on, it was theirs. You couldn't go in there. It had the caution tape around it. Dude had built a ladder out of PVC pipe and two by fours. I see a lot of issues with that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to stop Liz from trying it. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sure she was the one. She was the one. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we, we didn't find our riches, uh, but the folks down there were absolutely amazing. Um, if you get a chance to hang out in Hidden Night, North Carolina, the Emerald Hollow gem mine was amazing. I would do it again in a heartbeat. What was the uh, grocery store situation down there? Uh, so I did stop into one. There was a couple. There was one named, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the store, but I'd heard of them, but I didn't go into that one. Um, I shopped at one because we had to pick up a few things. It was It was different. Okay. It was a little bit different pace. It was a very small grocery store. Um, I mean, everybody was really cool, even around the town. But I did notice a lot of stuff was locked up. Disappointing. So that was disappointing. So, yeah, deodorant. um, Yeah, anyways. Wow. So it is also, speaking of that, it is a Good Deeds Day. Yeah. Day's not over yet. It's not over. I got a chance. We, we got stuff I to do. I got a chance. National Chocolate Moose Day. 
not not Easter Bunny Day yet. Or is, yeah. I don't like chocolate mousse. Nah. No. Okay, so we'll just pass on that one. Uh, National, don't go to work unless it's fun day. That's fantastic. I went to work. All right. I didn't, but I'll be there tomorrow. Yes, you will. Uh, and it's tweed day. Are you rocking some tweed? Not a single stitch. I might be. If I start scratching down here, it's probably due to the tweed drawers. Just kidding. I'm not wearing it. Yeah, sorry. Stop it. Uh, today, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was the first public mobile phone call. So I guess the first like actual cell phone. I think it was from a car to a landline. It happened in Manhattan. That was kind of cool. So What kind of car? I remember seeing a video and it was convertible and I want to, of course it was. Don't, don't correct me or correct me if I'm wrong. If you've seen it, I might be wrong. Here. I think it was a convertible Cadillac, like one of those Elantes or something. That would make sense. But, kind of a classy car. Yeah. Uh, celebrity birthdays today, which we don't normally discuss, but this one kind of hit me. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Fantastic. Love Eddie Murphy. Uh, Marlon Brando. Very well respected. Actor. Absolutely. And on the other end, we got uh, Alec Baldwin. I didn't do it. He didn't do it. He, I used to think that guy was funny as heck. Political stuff aside, my differences with him, I thought he was funny on a lot of stuff, but that dude has got some issues going on. I think you have to at that level. Yeah, I guess once you've had it all. Everything. So, uh, real quick, we, we had a little veterinarian situation with Punky, um, our one of our cats, our oldest cat. Um, she didn't come in the other night and when we found her the next morning, she was kind of limping. So we made a call to our new vet and they got us in like within an hour. Um, and we, we got a new vet because the vet that we had gone to for like 16 years stopped caring about us as customers. I mean, they took care of our animals fine. We got shots. They were fine. But our biggest pet peeve, and this is weird, is they wouldn't take our money. That is a little odd. N- not as in, hey, it's free. Oh. Like, well, that's disappointing. Hey, we understand your dog's uncomfortable. You're probably uncomfortable, but we're going to make you sit for 20 to 30 minutes and wait to pay the bill. Can you believe that? Uh, the power trip. Yeah, it, it, it had to have been. There's no other explanation because it wasn't cheap. It's like, hey, if you owe me 300 bucks, freaking pay me right now. But these guys were like, eh, we'll get to you when it's our, you know, where we're ready to take your money. So we made that big decision, you know, like I said, we've been going there forever and we went to this new place and they are amazing. So when we got Punky down there, they actually, um, we went right in to the back and the uh, veterinary assistant unscrewed the cat carrier and took it apart to keep Punky comfortable in her, the bottom part of her carrier. I'd never even heard of that, thought of it. That's pretty thoughtful. Yeah. And like she'd listen to her heartbeat in there. She checked their temperature, which I did make it awkward and said that I was going to try to make eye contact with Punky as she was getting her temp checked. How'd the vet tech take that? She actually laughed. Um, Liz laughed. I laughed. Punky didn't. She, uh, she didn't even look. Was she? Uh, she kind of made a noise. Okay. Okay. But she didn't look at me. That's probably a good thing. But they were, they were awesome. Um, and I know. You guys just got a new pup here, so you're probably looking for a vet, right? Absolutely. I mean, our old vet, I mean, no major issues, Yeah. but just the distance thing. So to have somebody local yeah. to be able to take care of Squiggy yep, would Squiggy. be fantastic. Phenomenal name, by the way. Oh, we didn't pick it. I don't know. I think it's awesome. <laughs> We're going to um, run with it. Um, and, and the picture you sent the other day with him looking up at you, you want to talk about he knows who the man is. 
That he, was awesome. He is good. That, that I is mean, for that us is only just, having him a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's doing great. That's awesome. Well, I'll let you know who this uh, this vet is because they they were seriously awesome. Um, so we got chickens. You can see them outside the window of the studio here. In all their glory. In their glory. Are they out? Can you see them? No, they went back in. They were out for a minute, but. Well, they're only they've only been with us a couple days. They are the Red Star variety, which is a hybrid, and you'll you'll see the tie in here shortly. But they were a, a, uh, a way to determine... Let me back up. When you go to get chickens at like a feed store, you're taking chances. Absolutely. Whether it's going to be male or female. Because you can, you can watch videos of how to sex identify birds, but it is bizarre. I have ended up with more roosters than hens. Right. And if years. you're trying to make eggs, you probably don't need a lot of roosters. Dead none. Yeah, none. None. As a matter of fact, genetics. But... uh. So we ended up going with this breed, and they cross, I, th- I want to say it's a Rhode Island Red and a Leghorn or something. But anyways, when, when they're hatched, the females are identified by their color. The males are either white or yellow, but the females are red. So boom, you know you're getting female hens. Cut and dry. Yeah, and that's the way we wanted it. So we drove out to uh, Montpelier, Virginia, and a uh, real nice dude, Tom, out there, he hooked us up with, I think they're 18-week old hens so they should be laying i guess in about a month or so um but you've had chickens for quite a while right absolutely fresh any, eggs any problems no totally no. self-sufficient yeah easiest thing to do roosters can be a pain yeah uh more ways than one. Oh yeah um, you, you sent a pic the other day of uh the, y'all were playing catch well my son and i were playing catch okay the rooster was also fielding the ball all right and he beat my son out for the ball one time was there uh, was there any violence? A lot, in crying. That's, and I'm guessing it wasn't the rooster crying. Not at all. He uh, was strutting his stuff. Poor little E. That's awesome. He'll learn memories. Memories <laughs> <It's> trauma. <laughs> well, he will make sure he doesn't have roosters when he grows up. Or turkeys. Oh, oh yeah. He's used to got Bob the turkey, right? Yeah, just the one. How old is Bob? He's got to be pushing five or six years. Yeah. I mean, he's getting up there in age. That was the only thing, because I go over and, like, when you guys go on vacation, feed him. Um, that was the only thing that scared the crap out of me was that that bird, Bob. He, he can be intimidating. He's a little, it's, it freaked me out when he had lost his fur or his feathers. Fur. You can tell I'm a rookie. But remember, was his chest was bare or something? Totally bare. Oh, that was freaky. Just It, it just started, it molted, I guess. He'd yeah. never done that before and he hasn't done it since. Okay. But yeah, all this chest feathers, gone. Just enough to freak me out. Shaved so, for battle. Yes. Uh, and bearing his bare chest at me. It was like it was a alpha male thing, and he won. He won. So talking about chickens, this is gonna be a weird segue, so stick with me on this. Alright, holding on. So I like to snack at night, and I chose to have a bowl of cereal the other night. What kind? Uh, it was generic fruit loops. Okay. And they were good. But I've kind of had this observation the last couple times I've had cereal. I remember when I was a kid, you open the box of cereal, boom, two days it's stale. I don't feel that's the thing anymore. My jam was Fruity Pebbles, and lasting two days was not going to happen. Well, yeah, same here, because I don't eat the box. Yeah, I get that. But in general, it just seemed like cereal got stale quick. But And and here's where my little conspiracy theory is going. There's a reason stuff's not getting as stale. Well, on the side of the box... Not listed under the ingredients, but conveniently pretty much lower to the bottom. It said, 
contains a bioengineered food ingredient. What is that? Well, that's what I said. I said, well, well what is the ingredient that's bioengineered, right? And it doesn't tell you. It doesn't. It just says contains a bio, bioengineered food ingredient. Well, obviously nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. So, of course, I started going down this rabbit hole. And I started off with what does bioengineering mean? So I jumped on Merriam-Webster, and they defined bioengineering as the application of biological techniques such as genetic recombination to create modified versions of organisms such as crops. So I learned nothing from that because that's still a lot of words. In big words. Big words. Bigger than my retail range of brain can handle. So then I look up genetic engineering, and that is defined as a group of applied techniques of genetics and biotechnology used to cut up and join together genetic material and especially DNA from one or more species of organisms and to introduce the result into an organism in order to change one or more of its characteristics. That was literally one sentence. I, I, that wasn't me. That's, that was the definition. Wow. That's just meant to confuse you. And it should scare you a little bit. It, it does. So I started, I, I sent you a couple links to read up mm-hmm. on, and I know you've got some stuff to add too. Um, but before we get into the nitty gritty, one thing that is kind of misleading and concerning to me is the non-GMO verified label. Like it'll be on the box and it'll say, oh, non-GMO. It's a picture of a butterfly on a blade of a checkmark shaped grass. And you're like, ah, I feel good. It's non-GMO. Well, here's the funny thing. If you look at the bioengineered label, it looks like a farm plot with a plant with a star on the end and a big picture of the sun. So they're kind of similar, you know, like butterflies and sunshine. Ah, But dude, one is non-modified and one is bioengineered. Totally modified. Totally modified, right? So... Before we got into the podcast today... Do you think that's accidental? Yes. Okay. It has okay. nothing to do with marketing and big companies, let's just say. All right. Nothing. I, I am drinking the Kool-Aid, genetically modified Kool-Aid. So I found a podcast called the OMGMO podcast, and they I would encourage you to listen to them if you want to get deeper and darker into this thing. Their podcast ran from January 21 to July 21. What happened to it? You decide. But it's omgmopodcast.com. You can find all their episodes. The dudes were very intelligent, but they tried to break it down to where I somewhat understand it. Well, that's a good thing because it is confusing. It is. So there's a couple of articles that I got here. Um, One is a bioengineered article. And let me see if I can find it real quick. Bioengineered. Here we go. Frequently Asked Questions. This is from our USDA.gov. So this is the government. Hit me. There's a couple things on here that, that there's a lot of... Big words? Big words. <clears throat> oh, where is it? Oh, that, no, I went too far. So th- there's all kinds of regulations going on. And I still am not 100% convinced that I know what I'm talking about when it comes to whether or not Europe is cool with GMO stuff. I feel like they're not. I think some stuff is based on a book I read recently. Okay. 
I don't have the book here, so I can't go back and reference it. All right. Um, I think they were very reluctant for a lot of the stuff to come in. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're they're making inroads. Some of these companies. Well, and part of it, what I read was some of the bioengineering differences are so good at mimicking nature that it's difficult for them to actually determine in a lab. So Europe has had an issue with trying to figure this stuff out because they don't have the manpower or the the time or space, I guess, to do it because there, there's so much stuff being imported. You know, if they take a sample of something and they got to run to a lab and there's such a minuscule difference that they can't even pick up, you know, you kind of wonder whether it's worth it. It slips through the cracks. Right. So... I'm going to skip over the frequently asked questions thing because what I got concerned about was there is actually this thing called the list. It's literally a list of bioengineered foods. And what concerns me is when it's referred to as the list, the L is capitalized. That is kind of concerning. Nothing to see there either. So these are some items or some foods that are identified as being available in a bioengineered form. Please don't tell me soybeans. Or corn. Well, I'm going to disappoint you here because so far you're two for two. So alfalfa, which we use that in hay. That's where we animal feed. Animal feed. Animal yeah. feed. Um, apple. Apples. There's different varieties. Um, Arctic varieties, which I didn't really go into that. Canola, which we've talked about canola before. <laughs> it's already disgusting. Uh, corn. Quick side note, those guys I was listening to were talking about the original... OG corn back in the day didn't have that many, um, what are they called? Kernels. Okay. It was, it was small and it had, I don't know, half a dozen to 24 kernels on it. Okay. But farmers have bred it through natural stuff. Well, yeah. Selective breeding. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. Correct. And, and there is, that makes sense. I mean, that's natural crossbreeding. I mean, you you see that with animals. You see that with feed animals, pets, plants. Or, or when I was doing peppers, I would save the seeds for peppers that did really, really well. Yes. Because I knew if I replanted them next year, I'd get similar Correct. results. So, so that there is some benefits to that. I mean, but that's the natural version. Absolutely. What, what I'm still kind of wiggy about is when they're going in and messing with DNA. You know, when is corn not corn? What is it? Absolutely. Right. Um, eggplant. Which I thought was bizarre. Didn't see that coming. Papaya, pineapple, potatoes. And I want to talk about potatoes in a minute. Salmon. And there was, and I don't have the deets on this one, but there was some controversy because there was a GMO or bioengineered salmon that was sold to Canadians. Okay. And they weren't told. Now, nothing negative came out of it as far as health impact or but just a disclosure about what you're eating right and i guess that's what freaks me out and that's that's the reason i'm bringing this up today is because literally the box says contains a bio whatever all right cool let me make that choice and decide whether you know if it's the the grain that's producing it all right that's a pretty substantial part of that food absolutely if it's a food coloring eh, i might wonder about that too i don't know it's just very different variations of my concern uh, soybean squash and it says summer squash and then sugar beets and and i sugar beets you know what they are no that's actually where most of our sugar comes from here in the country not from sugar cane correct from what i've read 
And, and like I said, I've been all over and I'm kind of scatterbrained with this whole bioengineering thing, but sugar beets is like where most of our processed white sugar comes from, from what I read. More to come on that one. Okay, we're going to have to dive into that. Yeah, we'll come back later on that one. So basically these guys on this podcast were talking about that small changes can be indiscernible from natural mutations and they're unidentifiable in some labs. And they're, they're saying that there's no health-related concerns linked to GMOs. It's more of a precautionary reason to label them. But why is it a precautionary reason to label them if there's no health concerns? Well, and, and here's where I'm going to go. And this is going to be somewhat controversial, and I don't care where you land on it, but here's the reality. So the COVID vaccine that came out, right, They from the get-go, they said 100% safe, it works, go. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. FDA approved it, emergency authorization, whatever, they made it happen. There are, in fact, some people that have had side effects from it. Absolutely. So it's not 100% safe. And and that's where I start thinking about what we're doing. Well, not what we're doing, obviously, but what companies are doing to foods through the bioengineering process. Yeah, it might be safe for the general public, but there might be people that have adverse reactions to something. And, and I really got to thinking, and it's kind of like, you know how the flu changes every year? Yeah. And we come with a flu shot for that variant, but we're always like a year behind. So let's say you're bioengineering a mushroom to, and this, there is a study about this. Some guy created a way through the bioengineering slicing and dicing of the DNA that the mushroom will not brown. You know how mushrooms brown pretty quick? Absolutely. Right. Well, those are natural occurrences. Well, this guy figured out, the scientist figured out how to get mushrooms to stop from browning. So, all right. So is it just a cosmetic fix or is it no, shelf life enhancer? It's a shelf life enhancer okay. and okay. it stops it from browning. So here, here's where I go a little off the rails too. If we are messing with mother nature to say, Hey, you can't turn brown yet. And whatever th- process caused that to turn brown, whether it's bacteria, let's say it's bacteria because it's breaking down, right? Correct. How is that? bacteria is going to evolve to where it says, Hey, screw you. I'm coming back. I'm coming back, but I'm coming back bigger and stronger. And, and I, that's kind of where I'm at uh, in a nutshell about the whole thing is I love the natural selection thing. And you know, your pepper story, that's, that's man versus nature. That's a, a normal battle yeah, or working with nature, working with nature. Actually, that's better. Good I mean, call. And that's you know, going back to the pet story. Yeah. And that's why we have so many different wonderful dogs and cats. Right. Is selective breedings. Right. Finding what works. And chickens. Absolutely. We got, we got chilled out chickens. You know their hens. You know, that, that's they're natural. They're layers. They're hardier in extreme climates. Right. Uh, that are better foraging. Yeah, you have all sorts of chickens. But are we telling this bacteria, hey, bro, it's on. Step up your game. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't want anybody to walk away from here saying... I know exactly what bioengineered is. I just want you to think about it and do some research yourself. I'm going to continue to research it. Obviously, I ate the box of Fruit Loops the other night, and it was not pretty the next day. Well, find a rainbow, let's just say. <laughs> oh, we did find a rainbow after all. Um, it's just kind of freaky that like there's nothing to see here. And, and the other part is like the big companies like Bayer, Monsanto, or... Well, they're the same company now. Oh, are I they? Guess. Yeah, Bear bought Monsanto. Ooh, the big get bigger? Yes. So here's the thing. They can afford the technology to make their crops better, quote unquote. 
um, last longer and all that. What about your local farmer? Do they have the access to that technology? No. Right? No. I mean, so, a lot of the seeds, or there are seeds that proprietary, are Proprietary, right? Well, and they're only good for that year. Like, if you saved seed, it would not germinate or you wouldn't be able to do anything with it the next season. Is that from bioengineering? It's got to be. Oh yeah, my absolutely. Because, I mean, for centuries, I mean, farmers have saved seed. You save a portion of your crop for the next year. That's kind of what the whole point was, right? Absolutely. Um, there is an article about innate potatoes. Innate is the trademark of the potato. All right. Um, this is on potatopro.com. Didn't know that was a site. But... Well, there's just a lot of big words on here. Okay. Um, so the characteristics of innate trademark potatoes, and this is through bioengineering. Okay. No new allergens. Innate potatoes contain DNA from wild and cultivated potatoes. All right. That's good. Does not seem ominous. Low risk of cross-pollination. Their uh, commercial potatoes are grown from tubers, not seed. Which, are, aren't potatoes like usually, or is it an actual seed? I thought the potato itself was a seed. I think the potato itself. All right. Never done that. Uh, low weediness potential. Why would that impact that? See, that's what I'm saying. What's emanating from that potato to prevent weeds from growing around it? It can't be anything good. It can't be. Uh, but yet, no adverse impact to human health, other species, or the environment. I just don't see how that's possible. I know. It says potatoes contain potato DNA. Well, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and are grown just like regular potatoes. So if it's a regular potato, but it's not, what is it? I think we just discovered the origin story for Mr. Potato Head. Ooh, oh, see, that's what I'm concerned about. Same taste and growing characteristics. So if they're doing these comparisons, then it's obviously not the same. No, because they have to do the comparison. Right? Am I crazy? No. So if I ever disappear, it's because I brought up innate potatoes. I, I, I don't know, but there's different varieties of them. Um, there's the Russet Burbank, which was the first generation. The innate Ranger Russet. Hey. Innate Atlantic and innate Snowden. Which, whoa, that's kind of weird. A little bit. If you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say. And then there's second generation. They protect against late blight pathogen, reduced bruising and black spots, reduced asparagine, which contributes to reduced acrylamide in cooked potatoes. So they're altering the potato. Absolutely. That, and that, that's what scares me. But when it, it's not, and we don't really know what's going on. Right. And I think we should with stuff we're putting into our bodies. Well, and much and I'm like... I'm not saying it's bad. Right. I just want to know. Well, and the dude's brought up, there's no way to determine if it's unhealthy if you don't test. Are they testing? They're testing. That's what's happening. It's literally out there right now. We're just sitting there eating our potatoes, eating our innate potato chips cooked in... Canola G oil. GMO canola oil. Who knows what's happening? I'm not saying little figurines are popping up inside our bodies, but if you're, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with it, dude. It's definitely something people need to pay attention to. Yeah. I, well, I don't know that there's a great big conspiracy theory other than for companies to make more money and be more profitable. Well, and here's but the thing. We don't know. Have you ever, did you take computers in, in high school or anything? I'm sure. Well, so I remember we used to have to, we learned basic, B-A-S-I-C. Okay. And that was literally 
typing basic binary stuff into a computer and we would write a program that if you entered your age, it would tell you when your birthday was. Okay. Right. But when you're writing code, if you mess up a key, what happens to that program? Unattended consequences. It doesn't work. Something happens. And and here we are messing with DNA of a potato. Is it going to become Mr. Potato Head someday? I don't know. Or the origin story for The Walking Dead. World War Z. I mean, (laughs) there's a million things. I'm glad I have 20 years left of my life. That's all I can say. Because Franken potatoes coming out of the ground, eating animals, is just going to be horrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, Do you so, have to move your chickens inside? Yeah. In the house? They won't be safe out there. I'll give them their own room. And, and real quick, there was the question, and, and there there is some articles in, that you can find on the web from the FDA, um, that the nutritional value has started declining on some vegetables over time. And and the guys brought up on their podcast, it's not because of the soil, because farmers know their soil. That's one thing they've got nailed. You know, they, they know the what it needs. That's why you got fertilizer and all this other stuff. Or in crop rotation. Yeah, I mean, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, like, a carrot should have the same amount of vitamin C that it had, but for some reason, it seems like there is a, an actual nutritional value declination over the years. I mean, are they alluding no they, they were just saying the guy brought up well you just have to eat more vegetables but yeah i know right the struggle is real <laughs> but if you're eating a balanced diet they said you're getting your nutrients anyways okay you don't need to eat more but that they just kind of brought that up as a question like hey why why i mean it could be the pesticides could herbicides. be i mean who knows or are our bodies actually changing where we don't require stuff i, I don't know I need all the help I can get. Yeah. That's all I can say. We need to read more. <sighs> yeah, we got time for that, right? Um, they other also brought up a neat thing, and, and it was different, and it, it doesn't really pertain to eating stuff, but they're talking about diamonds. So you can find natural diamonds, or you can you know, compress them, compress coal or whatever, carbon. Okay, for the... Man-made diamonds. Yes. Can you tell the difference? You and I can't. No. And I was like, oh, that's a good point, but I'm not eating diamonds. You know, that's not going into Huge my body. Difference. Huge difference. So that wasn't really a good way to to get me to one side or the other. All I know is I don't like it because I don't understand it. Um, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I don't like the fact that it's an experimental consequence. Just put it out there and see what happens either. I don't know. I just see what happens in 25 years. Yeah. And there's moral and ethical consequences too. I mean, it, it, it and that's a whole nother show. But shows. Shows, yeah. So, I mean, like, don't mess with Mother Nature. I mean, I remember hearing that as a kid. Yeah, I think she tends the wind. Yes. Wind. 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 Well, yeah. still. Why? Well, see, you build a house on a beach. Yeah, what happens? Hurricanes, flooding. Yeah. Build a house in a valley by a creek, flooding. And, and I guess. Winds. I, I'm going to throw a little bit of my conspiracy hat out there. All right. Who owns the most farmland in America, according to what I've heard? Oh, what's his name? Uh, Bill Gates, right? Oh, that's not who I was thinking. Oh. I, uh, Buffett? No? Well, either way, like, why are they buying all this farmland in their computer dudes? Bio something, you know? And Bill Gates is a huge proponent of... Less meat, people. Meat, well, <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but yes. Uh, yes. Meatless meat, though. You know, I mean, it just doesn't sound fun. It, no, it's not. 
Um, I guess I can go down that path. I, I did read an article about impossible meat. Okay. You know, that or beyond meat or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Uh, when I was reading about it, they, the one thing that got me was the guy who invented it, which you're inventing something that I'm going to eat. Um, it was all about the olfactory senses and taste at, at the same time, where the reason we like meat is due to a protein that's in the blood. Of the meat. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he replicated that, allegedly, so in a lab. So a synthetic protein yeah. in... The impossible meat stuff that makes wow. you feel like you're eating blood. And, and then they, I think they use some kind of beet juice. They do. That's what makes the burger bleed, yes. The blood. So that's just kind of... Whew. I'm on the fence. On a side note, okay. I found a farm across the river yeah. for beef. Oh, an actual farm? Yes. So could we buy a cow type thing? Absolutely. Really? Whole half, quarter, and eighth. Hmm. Uh, we'll go with the whole cow. Uh, we can talk about it. We All need right. another freezer. So I'm going to jump off onto this because I, I found this before I, um, after we kind of talked about what we're going to talk about today. And this is a scary thing. I've been talking about inflation and food shortages, right? Yes. Over the last couple podcasts. Well, this came from a, a guy named ZeroHedge.com. Or that's his website. He claims his name is Tyler Durden. Nice Fight Club yeah. reference, right? So Germany apparently reported a 7.6 um, consumer price index increase. So their inflation is 7.6. Not good. Ours is like 7.9, right? Yeah, also not good. Right. Worse. So Monday like tomorrow, they have announced that prices at German retail chains, specifically everyday goods and groceries, is going to explode up 20 to 50% increase, between a 20 and 50% increase um, on food prices. Like starting across tomorrow. the board or select commodities? They said every, everything. Um, but specifically, and they called this out, um, at Aldi, this is a, let me see. Oh, meat and butter will be significantly more expensive from Monday due to price hikes from their suppliers. So meat and butter, those are two of my favorite things. <laughs> um, and I put butter on my steak, so that's, that a makes it even more expensive. Right. I got to have dairy. But they're saying that in the next coming, in, in, starting Monday, it's going to start going up and it's going to be kind of, not a good situation for the next couple of weeks over uh, there. Could you imagine? No. And, and I thought about it. So like Germany saying, hey, like German retailers are like, boom, we're paying more. You're paying more. It, Which is fair. But we haven't seen our prices skyrocket from 20 to 50 percent. But we've had. And I'm just wondering if American retailers are like, hey, we got to kind of ease the pain. So the retailers are taking a chunk of the, the negativity, too, on their bottom lines. It could be. Because that is pretty significant. and But on the funny, the bright note, they said they don't expect the food shortages over there. Just a cost increase. Because people can't afford to... to <laughs> There's always going to be burger on the shelf. Well, yeah, because they can't afford to go stockpile. A $40 package of hamburger meat. Seriously. so And that, you're not at Costco. And we've been saying, yeah, it's not the 50-pound box of burger. But like... As Liz has been grocery shopping this last couple weeks, man, she's been picking up 
some sundries and been doing the same thing. It does not hurt. It doesn't hurt. I'd rather pay fifty nine cents for a box of spaghetti now than ninety nine cents for it down the road. Absolutely. Even if you're saving fifty cents. And it gets close dated, goes to the food pantry. Correct. It so will it, not go to waste. Correct. Which we actually dropped off two bags. Um turns out we were trying to figure out when we started uh stashing food, I'll just say. Man, I think we started that 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, well, some of the stuff that we had found had expired in 2017. <laughs> so, you know, we were buying long term stuff back then. So, for it to have expired, what, six years ago? Wow. Five years ago? Yeah. So, we've been doing our part to keep the economy going. But, so I know you didn't learn a lot today on the bioengineering thing. I would encourage you to research it yourself if it matters to you. Um, I am going to continue to research it. I, I literally read, listened for hours, and I'm still confused as to what that actual ingredient in my Fruit Loops was. I'll have to get you that book. Okay. Do you remember what it was called? Uh, Seed Money. It's about uh, Monsanto. Okay. Uh, Can you um, give me a quick little rundown on it? The point of the book? Read the book. Really? That good? <laughs> yeah. It's It's that good. I mean, it's just, it, I think the company started off with, Amazing intentions, okay, and took several sharp left turns down okay. to bad consequences. All right, well, I mean, amazing book. I mean, covers the spectrum of the chemical industry here in the states so, and abroad. When we talk about, we mentioned Bayer, B A Y E R. Yes. What did they start off as? A chemical company, wasn't it? Like, like, isn't that where Bayer aspirin is? At, yeah. Okay. I think. So now, what's their big gig? Are they still chemical? I believe so. Hmm. Well, and I'm sorry, this kind of, I was going to try to close it down, but I did read something that was not surprising, but disappointing. Um, so Johnson and Johnson had a problem with their baby powder. Yes, they right? did. And the article I read was that they created a, another company, dumped their money over there. Yeah, and that company absorbed the loss. And they and and claimed bankruptcy somewhere. And in there. Monsanto's done that several times. That's horrible. Like Isn't somebody's it? And, and that's the thing. Support local folks. I don't know if you can buy aspirin locally. But, <laughs> I don't uh, think so. See, we, that we side might of know beef a guy. We gotta, yeah, we might. But I don't know. It's just kind of scary when folks get that big, companies get that big. And I know we do have a topic for an upcoming podcast um, that I researched a little bit. And I'll just give you a, a teaser. Um, where is it? It's called The True Extent of America's Food Monopolies and Who Pays the Price. And it was talking about how, like, I think 73% of the cereal is owned by three companies. But you look down that aisle. And there's so many varieties. So Varieties much of brands and all yes. that, but they're owned by that. And then... Um, it's just a couple. So that, that's a teaser for an upcoming episode. Um, well, yeah, but you think about some of the smaller, quote-unquote, brands. Yeah. Who are they really owned by? Right. I mean, is it one of the big guys? They, it is. It could be. You'd be hard-pressed to find a true little little guy on the shelf. Keith and James cereal mix. Yes. <laughs> we would get bought out quick by Monsanto. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Or is it Monsanto? Monsanto. Monsanto, that's it. Well, I guess we could get rich quick that way, but we'd have to deal with the ethical that we're ugh, 
there would be a bioengineered food ingredient in our Keith and James berry crunch. <laughs> Several. Guess what it is? That could be. Remember when you were a kid, like you'd look at the back of the cereal box and there'd be stuff to read and mazes okay. and all that stuff. Yeah. We could do that. Guess what the bioengineered ingredient there is? Used to be toys. Yeah. Well, maybe there was some kind of interaction with the plastic and the bioengineered crap. Now. It. Uh, look at the labels, folks. Read them. Read them. So. Uh, Thank you for coming by today, Keith. I know after a long work day, coming and sitting and chilling with your bosses, probably the first thing you had in mind is what you wanted to do. It was. We've been trying to get you on here for a while. Um, So, hey, thanks for for listening. Um, We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple. Um, You can go to walkerretailranger.com. I'm not changing it to Retail Rancher. That was just for today. But there might be a mug. There could be a mug coming. Um, so check us out on wherever you can subscribe, like, leave a review, all that jazz. We're going to get caught up on Instagram here shortly. Um, and I, I want to do another special shout out to our Canadian listener. Thank you. So that's all we got for today, folks. Peace later. Hey, retail rangers. Don't forget to check out walkerretailranger.com. Could be how you found this podcast, but there's an About Us uh, link on there that you can ask questions or submit some topics for future podcasts if you'd like. Um, I'm pretty new to this building a website thing. I'm kind of learning as I go. I'm a retail ranger, not an IT guy. Um, but so far, the analytics are showing that I'm pretty big in Belgium. Just saying. WalkerRetailRanger.com Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.